0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. As always, I'm so happy to have you here. And this episode is also available to view in video. The link for that is in the show notes if you want to watch it this would be a good episode to watch because I do something called the empty chair process, which is a process that I teach in my personal mastery course. You can check that course out at christinehasser.com slash mastery. It's open for enrollment all year long and it's a very physical process. So if you want to see what it looks like, be sure to click on the YouTube link. I'm coming to you from Miami where I am rounding out a month on the road. July has been such a fun month for me. I started off in Greece on a trip with a bunch of friends and then I went to Estonia to speak at Mind Valley U and then I went to London to teach a workshop and pretty much everybody at the London workshop our podcast listeners. So a shout out to all of you who I got to meet in London. And then I had a hellish trip back with super long delays getting to Miami. And then I flew to Charlotte to speak to a group of female dentists. And then I flew back to Miami to teach the masterclass training for primal health coaches and made my way back to LA this week. And although it's been tiring, I'm just so grateful because it is a dramatic contrast to last summer. I shared about this on Instagram about a week ago. Last summer for me was the summer of surrender. It was a really challenging summer. I had a lot of physical stuff come up there was a lot of unconscious material that surfaced. It was it was another deep dive for me personally. And whenever we go through a process of surrender, you know, surrender is one of those words that sounds really fun and spiritual. People get like surrender necklaces and things like that, but actually doing it and actually embodying it is really, really challenging because it it is really about just letting go of control and sort of being kind of tossed around for a while. But what can open up when you clear out what is available to clear out when you surrender is absolutely beautiful. So for me now to be enjoying a summer where I'm having so much fun, I have a new love in my life. You got to meet him on Coach's Corner a couple of weeks ago and I'm loving my business. I'm feeling healthy. It's just so much sweeter after the contrast of the challenging process of surrender that I had last summer. So if you are going through a difficult time, if you feel like you're being brought to your knees, don't give up. Don't think that it's not going to get better. It will. Just keep going get all the way to the bottom because whatever you excavate when you're down there will be so, so, so worth it. It's sort of like a really harsh winter yields an even more beautiful spring and summer. So if you're going through a harsh winter right now, metaphorically, just know that spring and summer are coming. Before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Fresh Books. Quick question for all of you hardworking entrepreneurs putting in the hours while summer beckons. Has dealing with your day-to-day paperwork ever brought up feelings that resemble anything close to joy satisfaction or ease? Probably not. If you're ready for that to change, our friends at FreshBooks are inviting you to try their ridiculously easy cloud accounting software that's a total joy to use. And yes, I just use the words easy, joy, and accounting in the same sentence. So using FreshBooks, it literally takes 30 seconds to create and send a polished professional looking invoice. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit card. So next time you expense that business lunch or tank of gas, it'll automatically show up in your FreshBooks account. And with two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. To see all the ways FreshBooks can bring the joy by changing the way you feel about your paperwork, they're offering my listeners an unrestricted 30-day free trial. That's a really great deal, you guys. To claim it, go to freshbooks.com Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Again, freshbooks.com Christine, over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Before we dive into the show, one more thing. If you want to meet me in LA, I'm teaching at Unplug Meditation this Friday, August 3rd. You can click on the link in the show notes or go to unplug.com, click on special events and you'll see me on that page. I'm going to be talking about expectation hangovers. I'm going to be leading you through a meditation, probably going to talk a little bit about surrender and would love to meet you if you're anywhere close to the LA area. In this episode, I'm joined by Caitlin, who comes to me for coaching because she's having an expectation hangover about her engagement process. She's really excited about her wedding and wants her family and friends to be excited about it as well, but she's not getting that reaction. And we end up going really deep in this episode. We talk a little bit about the engagement process, but like with any expectation hangover, it really wasn't about the engagement and the people's reaction. It was about something much deeper. There's a lot of ground covered in this episode. If it resonates with you, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out my personal mastery course because I teach so many of the tools and processes that I use in this coaching episode in that course. There's something I set up in this episode called the empty chair process. That's a tool that I teach in personal mastery. But just for now, know that it's a tool based on a little bit of gestalt therapy, and it's just a way for us to talk to different parts of ourselves, different ages of ourselves. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's more just a process of connecting to parts of us that haven't yet been expressed. It'll make a lot more sense once you see the episode. So as you're watching this episode, consider... Is there a current expectation hangover, meaning something isn't going according to the way you want it to go, or life has thrown you a curveball that's upsetting you? And does it remind you of something that's happened in the past? Second, do you relate to being a caretaker in your life? Are you someone that's kind of known to be the one in the family that other people can go to? You get a great sense of worthiness and validation when you're taking care of others, And you're almost afraid to stop taking care of others because maybe you'll lose love or you'll lose connection. But in that caretaking process, you often notice that you are last on the list. Next, is it challenging for you to set boundaries with people? Do you find yourself saying yes to things when you really mean no? Do you find yourself overcompromising so much to the fact that you're sacrificing your own needs because sacrificing your own needs is almost easier than dealing with upsetting other people? And finally, is there a physical condition that you're dealing with, that you've been dealing with for many years, and maybe you just don't know why you have it, can't resolve it, or have some idea of why you have it, you've done some work on it, but it still doesn't seem to be getting better. Could there be a link to something from your past? Could your physical illness actually be a messenger and an alarm system? And the more you listen to that alarm, could it be possible that the physical illness could resolve itself? So keep these questions in mind as you watch or listen to my coaching episode with Caitlin. Caitlin, welcome to the show. What's your question?
1: My question today is I'm planning my wedding. Congratulations. Thank you. It's happening in February. um, And I'm feeling a lot of expectation hangovers with how this process, I thought it would go with my family and my friends um, Mm -hmm. in particular, kind of some things going on with my mom. Mm -hmm. And it's I think it's kind of a reflection of just like larger childhood things. Um, And I'm just wanting kind of some refreshers on how to like get through this process because it's exciting and all that.
0: So what are the expectation hangovers you're having?
1: Well, I think um, when I got engaged, I kind of expected it to be this like grand, like let's rally around you, you're Mm -hmm. engaged, let's plan all of these things for you and have it be like your time. And I really feel like I'm not getting that. And I don't think that that's the intention of anyone involved. I just Mm -hmm. kind of feel like I just, I thought it would feel a little different. My maid of honor doesn't live here. Mm -hmm. And, um, just a lot of kind of like different things coming up with my mom, I guess.
0: So why is it important for you to have everybody rallying around you being excited for you? Why does that matter so much to you?
1: Uh, I, th- I thought a lot about this. Um, I think it's because I feel like growing up, I'm the oldest of three girls and I've always kind of like had it together. I think mm-hmm. I've always been a planner. So my parents, I feel like have never felt like they really needed to like help me per se. Mm-hmm. I always kind of just had it under control and they kind of focus a lot more on my younger sisters for different reasons. Um, So now it's kind of like I want this time to be, like, about me Mm -hmm. when it's, like, never really been, I feel, like, about me in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But whose choice was it to make it not about you? Probably mine. (laughs) Probably mine. I'm a big caretaker. I'm kind of trying to get out of that role with my family.
0: And why do you think you became a caretaker?
1: Um, I feel like I just kind of, like, fell into it because I'm the oldest and I've always lived geographically close to Mm home-ish, more than my sisters. So I've kind of started doing it growing up and then it became more like they expected it and then it became, I'm guilty if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to step out of that role. And I feel like I was doing a good job and then I got engaged and like all these new things started coming up.
0: Right. Well, that means then the old thing wasn't ever really resolved. Right. (laughs) So none of these things are new. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah. Okay. They're just sort of, whenever we have expectation hangovers, they're never brand new. They're Mm -hmm. always repetitions of something, just different circumstances, Mm -hmm. sometimes different cast of characters, but the feeling is often the same. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So how would you describe the feeling that's going along with this expectation hangover you're having about the wedding and the way people are showing up? Like, how do you feel? Um, I think
1: physically I feel like tired a lot. Tired. Emotionally, Um, how do you feel? Emotionally... uh, a little down, maybe I would say depressed sometimes, but just feeling down. And I go through waves of like being super motivated to plan and then just like, maybe I should just not mm-hmm. do anything. So a little down, a little sad, maybe? Mm-hmm. Hurt? Uh, hurt, yeah. Disappointed?
0: Yeah. And then kind of up and down in terms of being motivated to go and do versus just being like, I don't want to do anything, kind of apathetic. Yeah. Yeah. is a good word. And is that mix of feelings familiar? Have you felt that way before in your life? A little down, a little disappointed.
1: I think so, but I just can't pinpoint like a (laughs) time. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm sort of looking at your life based on what you described and being a young girl or a little girl and having decided that you're going to take care of other people And almost to the point where you were both validated for it, which made you addicted to it because you probably, it became your compensatory strategy, Mm -hmm. right? So you got love and worth from taking care of other people. Mm -hmm. So at a very young age, you decided, oh, for me to matter, for me to feel loved, for me to make my parents happy, for me to keep the peace, for me to feel valuable in some ways. And it was probably the little ways you got attention when people you know, gave you props for taking care of others. You decided, oh, wow, caretaker is the role I'm going to go into. But I can imagine that at times you were doing that, you felt disappointed, you felt hurt, you fell down, you felt sad, and there were moments of like being really motivated to do it because you needed the fix of feeling like you mattered mm-hmm. versus like, I don't want to do anything at all. Yeah. So now when I ask the question, does this feeling remind you of anything? Does it, is, are you starting to see it's pretty familiar?
1: Yeah, it's familiar. Yeah. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you think
0: that younger girl who was the big sister and had to take care of everyone else, if someone was there taking care of her,
1: what did she need? Uh, Probably someone to have a conversation with her that didn't end with asking about how her sisters were doing or how everyone else was doing and what I knew about everyone else except for myself and how I was doing.
0: Hmm. So we're going to do something right now. You're going to have a conversation with her. (laughs) So how old were you in the height of your caretaking?
1: Um the most vivid thing I can remember is probably like right after college when I moved back to San Diego. Okay. So like 22. Okay.
0: Let's go back a little farther. Okay. Like
1: um high school? High school? Okay. Yeah. So
0: when you were like 14, 15, do you mm-hmm. think you were already in that role? Because usually, like, as a young teenage girl is when we start to, like, go into that mother-nurturing role. Would yeah. you say, like, it was around that age?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it could go back younger, younger, but I guess I haven't really dug up that stuff, so I, I can't think of anything. Yeah, maybe well,
0: let's, let's do a little digging because it's okay. important to find, uh, like, a tender time in your life where this really kind of was in the beginning. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, how old do you think you were when you started to really realize that your sense of belonging and value and everything like that came from caretaking, and when you really started to step into that role in your family?
1: I mean, something that immediately comes to mind that I've literally never made the connection before is when I got uh, diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when mm-hmm. I was 13, 14. And I felt like it was, like, I needed to constantly, like, reassure, like, just, like, be fine. Like, the, the girl that always had it together, like, has this thing now. And I needed to, like, always be fine with that. And I don't know why that I'm, like, thinking of that. Probably because it's flaring right now.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a huge connection. Yeah. Right? Because that's a condition where you don't have, quote, unquote, control.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you had to literally hold it together.
1: I've never thought of that Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not just for yourself, but for your sisters. Yeah. I remember, um, well, I, I was told, I don't actually have this memory, but um, when I was really sick, my youngest sister gave me a Cosmopolitan magazine because I was on the couch and I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that just like stuck with me, that mm-hmm. everyone had to take care of me mm-hmm. for once.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did it feel when people were taking care of you?
1: Oh, I felt like they shouldn't have to. It <laughs> felt almost like a burden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you burden. see how you have competing intentions of like part of me wants attention, but part of me doesn't?
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of happening with the wedding. We'll come back to that. Okay. We'll bookmark that and come back because there's a lot, there's a lot here. Yeah. Not, not in like, oh my gosh, you're so messed up. There's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no. but there's a lot that's coming up. There's a lot that's coming out, which is great. So we're going to go back and talk to that 13 year old that just got, got diagnosed with colitis. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're going to do what I call the empty chair process. Okay. And you grown up, Caitlin, is going to sit there and I'm going to move and actually 13 year old Caitlin's going to sit here. Okay. And you're actually going to be getting up and down going have your eyes closed. You kind of have to feel the chairs, but they're not too far apart. Um, and you're going to be having a conversation with the 13-year-old, you and her. Because okay. the way it works inside our unconscious is that all parts of us, all ages, all memories live inside our unconscious mind. And 95 to 97% of our behaviors, our reactions, our feelings are driven by our unconscious. Which means like even with this thing happening with your wedding, mm-hmm. 5% of you consciously knows why you're getting upset, but there's 95% of you that's actually being triggered. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's what's causing this reaction. Because there may be a part of you that's like, why am I so upset about this wedding thing? I should be excited. Yeah. Like it doesn't make logical yes. sense. Like your reaction to what's happening doesn't match what actually is happening. When that is happening, it means that something unconsciously is being triggered. So whenever we have a massive expectation hangover that doesn't really match the reality of the circumstances, it's feedback to us that, ooh, something's being triggered here that wants to come up for healing, okay? Mm-hmm. So would you say that when you got diagnosed, all of a sudden attention was on you?
1: Yes, Right. I was very sick, yeah. Right which in some
0: ways you wanted, in some ways you didn't. So as a younger girl, there was a belief around why all this attention on me, I don't want this. So now grown up, engaged Caitlin's like, where's all my attention? But there's a 13 year old in there who made a belief a long time ago. I don't like all this attention. So I'm not surprised that you're not getting a lot of attention because on some level you don't want it. Making sense?
1: I guess so. <laughs> what well, is it making sense? Um, I mean, I when I think of like my wedding specifically, I feel like I do want but it. But take maybe. the circumstances
0: out of it because remember, that's 5% your conscious mind. Right. We're talking about feelings here. So if at a very young level, you got programmed of, I don't like all this attention on me. It feels weird. It feels whatever. And we're going to talk to a 13-year-old about what it feels like. Can you see how... There is a belief in there of like, I don't like, all oh, this attention doesn't feel good. I don't like it. So even though grown up you, how old are you now?
1: Uh, 31.
0: 31 year old, it's like, where's all my attention? The 13 year old who's kind of running the show right now is like, no, I don't like attention. And so energetically, kind of what you're manifesting is what you want to keep what you think keeps you safe, which is not having a lot of attention on you, because it feels like too much pressure.
1: And pressure aggravates all my symptoms all the time, every day. Exactly.
0: So again, competing intentions. Where's all my attention? But part of you and your body's like, no, 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 no. We gotta stay safe. We gotta stay Yeah. We don't want this attention. Mm -hmm. So. We'll connect more dots in a moment, but I really want you to start having a dialogue with your 13 year old, because I honestly feel that if you could, um, like your symptoms could eventually go away.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, so if,
0: too. If, if, because it really is just your body talking to you. Yeah. So the more that you, you take care of you instead of everybody else in the world, the more, the less your body's going to need to alert you. Cause right now it's just an alert system. Yeah. Yeah. Of when you're trying to hold it together too much for everybody else and be the good girl and be the caretaker and your body's like, screw all that. Yeah. I'm going to fall apart. And yeah. since she's not letting me do that in my life, I'm going to do it physically. Okay. Okay. So how this works is I'll move and I'll talk you through it, but it's important as you're doing the exercise not to, not to come out of the exercise and look at me. You want to really stay... Of present with you, so if you hear my voice, like don't open your eyes and look, just hear me and, and let me coach you, but stay in the process. So you'll start over there and you'll invite like 13 year old Caitlin to come forward and you'll just say something that makes her that would make any 13 year old feel safe like, I'm here to listen to you, anything you have to say is okay, this is really your opportunity to speak, to feel, whatever. You just got diagnosed with something called colitis, you don't even know what that really means, maybe. I just want to check in and how do you feel like what's going on in there? And I can already see the emotions starting to come up yeah. that's okay. Just let that come up. Yeah. Um, and then you move over here and you take yourself back to being 13. You really see yourself at 13. Like if I was doing it with myself, I'd see kind of see like, I can remember my favorite outfit when I was 13 and what like <laughs> my color look like. And you know, yeah. And when you're 13, you talk as 13, not like I remember, you know, it's, okay. it's more present tense. Like I feel not I felt, I feel this, I feel that. And you just let this 13 year old express whatever. And then just like a conversation, when you feel like she needs some taking care of, you move over and you, you just love her up and you reassure her. You don't explain, you don't go into someday you're going to grow up and you're going to get engaged and everything's going to work out. And you're so strong. And it's not that it's yeah. like, I really hear you. I know how hard this is. I know how scary this is. I'm here with you. What else do you need to say? What do you need to express? What is it like with your family? Like, this is your opportunity to say all the things and feel all the things that you kept inside. Because another reason you're manifesting a condition that is physically upsetting your stomach is because you're keeping so much inside Mm -hmm. and it needs an exit route. Okay. Everything does. So let's find a healthier, more supportive one. Okay. All right. So just close your eyes. Take a deep breath and just really set the intention for the deepest level of healing that's for your highest good to happen in this process. And really just trust, like really trust your own inner guidance. This is a very powerful process if you just kind of get out of the way and let your heart and let your feeling, let your intuition guide the process. So I want you to imagine that you have a, like a white screen on the back of your forehead that's like a movie screen. And project an image of your current 31 year old self on that screen. And then, like you have a uh, remote control, rewind yourself and see yourself regressing in age. So, see yourself on the screen regressing down through your 20s, maybe through college, your teenage years, all the way back down to when you're 13. And when you can see that 13 year old, Caitlin, just give me a nod. Right, and I just see her sitting over here in this chair, and then when you're ready, you can begin. And remember, we're beginning just by inviting her forward for this conversation, reassuring her, and then just asking her a question to get started.
1: Hi, Caitlin. How was your first track meet? Hmm. Yeah. And first reassure her that she's
0: safe and she can say anything that she wants.
1: This is a safe space and you can say anything you need to say to me and I won't share it with anyone else. Great. And then you can ask her that question or whatever question you want to ask her. How are you feeling after your first track meet? Did you win? Mm-hmm did dad see you run all your races? Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling after you got diagnosed with something that no one knows what it is and you don't know what it means and all it means to you is you take a pill and you felt better? But how are you feeling really? So just kind of feel your way over
0: to this chair. <clears throat> you can peek if you need to.
1: And now you remember you're 13. My trackmate was good. I think I got top three. I wasn't really paying attention, and I feel fine. I just take a pill, and I don't really care. I'm in high school. It's fun and exciting. And... I feel. I don't really care if, as long as I take the pill, I feel fine. To so really
0: just settle into that thirteen-year-old, and I just want to ask her: Is that really true? Do you really just feel fine about it? Because you know, sometimes fine stands for feelings
1: inside not expressed. I guess I feel confused mm-hmm. about why the why why I have this. None of my friends have it. Why I was so sick for so long and mom had to take care of really <laughs> gross things for so long. Mm. Do you feel ashamed at all? A little bit. Um I don't know if I did something for this to happen.
0: Mm. Mm. So part of you thinks it's your fault that you brought it on?
1: Yeah, maybe I did something wrong. I don't know. Mm. And how are you feeling in this moment? I feel like I'm reflecting and trying to figure out how I really truly feel, and I'm not very good at that. Mm. Mm. So
0: sometimes when we try to figure out how we feel through our mind, it doesn't really lead us to the answer. So if you were just to shift your awareness out of your mind, into your heart, into your belly, into your gut, just describe what you're feeling. It doesn't have to make sense. You may be feeling tightness. You may be feeling... Like it's
1: hard to breathe. You may be feeling like you're fighting tears. I feel like I'm fighting tears, but my gut feels actually really surprisingly calm. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Probably the calmest it's fallen in five months. Mm.
0: So what if you didn't fight the tears?
1: I feel like they would come up if we we talked to the older (laughs) Caitlin. Okay, so let's talk to her. So you can move back over. She's just... I feel... I feel really tired, Mm -hmm. physically and emotionally, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out why I feel like no one cares, or why I care, or why I'm sick, or why I'm taking care of everybody. Mm -hmm. And just let those tears come. I feel like I've asked this question a million times before, and... I thought it was making progress through it, but now I feel like I'm, I haven't. What question have you asked before? I've asked myself why I'm taking care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I've asked myself why I'm really not good at setting Um, boundaries and why the guilt of setting boundaries is bigger and stronger and scarier than actually setting boundaries.
0: Maybe let's ask a different question. Let's ask younger Caitlin this. Ask her what the payoff is to taking care of other people. What does she get from
1: that? Validation. Well, let's go ask her. I get validation Mm -hmm. that I'm the most dependable daughter and I'm the most dependable friend and I'm everybody's, everybody's best friend. How does that make you feel when you get that validation? Um, It makes me feel like I'm worth something and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and also makes me feel tired because now I know it's not always reciprocated Mm. and I don't ever ask for it to be. Mm. Would you like it to be? Yeah. What do you most want to hear? That people, I want to hear that I'm appreciated and I'm valued and people are Excited for this current time in my life. Okay, so move back over.
0: Now I want you to tell younger Caitlin everything that she really wanted to hear. And remember, this is the younger you. Because she just said that she thinks that she needs the external validation to feel worthy. Like that's what gives her her worth. So there's some things you may need to clear up for her.
1: Kayla and I want you to know that you're more than just a runner. That dad loves you beyond, beyond your ability to run, run and win races. When you're a freshman in high school And I want you to know that you are worth something and you are a good friend, but you also need to be a better friend to yourself and setting boundaries while you're now in high school and when you go into college and when you get older is probably the most important thing that you can do for yourself and you shouldn't feel guilty about that it doesn't make you a bad daughter and it does not make you a bad friend and it does not make you a bad significant other fiance if and when you get engaged hmm. what
0: does setting boundaries help her do tell her why that's healthy and why ultimately it's better for everybody else
1: you should set boundaries Because it makes you a stronger person and it makes you more self-aware of what you need and more willing and have more energy to make friendships that are healthier and not feel guilty or feel resentful because you didn't set appropriate boundaries in the first place. And it, and it's okay that you haven't done this yet. You're yeah. only 13. Yeah. And it'll help your tummy too. It'll help your tummy. Um, if you get sick in the future, which you will, it will help you navigate that.
0: Or maybe she can be done being sick. Maybe we can rewrite this whole thing. Could you promise her that you're going to make her number one, that nobody's going to come before her and you anymore. And when it comes to caretaking, you're top of the
1: list. I promise I'll make you number one, and when it comes to caretaking, you'll be first. Um, but I feel like I should promise I won't be perfect at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to really
0: set that intention because I'm aware of how much it matters. I'm going to do my best.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll do my best to support you through high school and college and beyond. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: So I want you to just imagine in your mind's eye, Sending her to like a place that she loved and a place she felt really safe. Maybe her bedroom, a friend's house, the track. Where does she feel most safe and happy? Running. Running. Anywhere. Okay. (laughs) So maybe we don't want to have her running. So maybe she just finished an awesome run. And she's sitting next to the track just feeling really good. The
1: track's a good place. Yeah. Okay.
0: You see her there. Mm-hmm. And can you just see that you're not abandoning her? Right? You're just leaving her in a safe space, but you've reconnected. Great. Right, and just put one hand on your heart and one hand on your lower belly. and Just take a few deep breaths. And as you're breathing, just sort of come back to the room and come back to your current age. There's Kleenex there if you need them. Oh,
1: thanks. (laughs) Thank you. So what did you learn from that? Uh, That I haven't done as much self-work as I thought I have. Um, I think you've done a lot of mental self-work. Yeah. I think you've thought a
0: lot about things, but you haven't really felt a lot of things. And if you have felt things, you've felt them with judgment. Yes. Versus true compassion. So my hunch is the colitis is a result of emotional suppression and taking on other people's stuff and trying to hold it all together so much that your body can't take it and so it's almost given you a condition where like you can't hold things together literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and third chakra, which is an energy center in our body, and is is all is all about our relationship with self. And having being in right relationship with self, and having a healthy sense of empowerment, and you've given away your power a lot of your life by taking care of others, and thinking that was your source of worth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your,
0: your sense of worth doesn't have anything to do with how well you care for others at all, and since you've constructed an identity around it. You know, we teach people how to treat us. So the reason people get upset and make you feel guilty if you don't show up is because Mm -hmm. you've created the expectation. So part of why boundaries has been hard for you is when you try to set them, the reaction you get from others is probably not favorable.
1: They're like, why? (laughs) Whatever. They're so used to me just always being there.
0: (laughs) So you can either choose to have an upset stomach the rest of your life.
1: Or you can let it be okay that other people are upset sometimes. Yeah. Which do you want? The second I can think of a few instances where I need to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because by not letting other people be upset and by taking care of them, you are manifesting an upset stomach. Yeah. Your body's just talking to you. And the other thing is don't make the... The illness, whatever we want to call it wrong it's a messenger appreciate it accept it, thank you for the message yeah acceptance doesn't mean I love you, stick around forever. it just means I appreciate the message and thank you and it's it's for you it's instant feedback that you're not taking care of a little one inside of you that you're externally referenced that you're putting yourself last and that you're not feeling your feelings yeah. Before we started recording, I said, there's clinics there. If you need it, you said, I won't cry.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect to go to the colitis. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like,
0: that that, that expectation of not having emotion comes up is feedback of, of how you expect yourself to show up in any situation.
1: Yeah. Emotions have never been welcomed in my family. So I'm a very emotional person, but I try to... Keep it together most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Do you see,
0: my love, how Mm -hmm. trying to keep your emotions together, not expressing it, is making you sick? Yeah. Can you really accept that you are an emotional person and give yourself a emotional release, like release writing, that tool that I teach about, just like writing free form writing. Mm -hmm. Expressing, letting yourself cry, letting yourself be messy, not having it all together, letting other people be upset. Oh my gosh! If you could express like that, I I would I would put money on the fact that your physical symptoms would start
1: to get better. Yeah, I am a writer, and I've tried to do stream of consciousness, but it's always felt like a chore. Maybe this is why Mm -hmm. I haven't actually sat and yeah, really done it. And allow yourself to feel when you're writing. You know, sometimes you
0: might just need to put like a song on that brings up emotion and just let yourself cry and just be so loving and nurturing to yourself while you're crying, not judging yourself as, oh, I'm weak. Why am I crying? No, 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 whatever. Like you need that self-compassion. You went into caretaking mode early in life and you completely missed compassion.
1: Yeah. Is this making sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just hard because I feel like I have done so many of these things and I'm so open with friends I trust about how emotional I am, but maybe I haven't really done these things. <laughs> when you say you're open about how emotional you are, what do you mean? Uh, my closest friends, I feel very comfortable like texting or calling them if I'm crying on the floor mm-hmm. or just really like upset or mm-hmm. just anything negative. So mm-hmm. I feel like I have embraced my emotional side. It's not, I don't feel like I really bottle it up all the time, but maybe I'm, I'm missing something. Well, I think you had years of
0: bottling it up and now you're starting to express it and embrace it. Yeah. And the next level of it is the compassion on top of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And being able to express it on your own. And it's great that you're vulnerable and you reach out to people. That's great. Keep doing that. But also it's now the self soothing. Mm hmm. So when you were sitting in this chair and you said that your stomach felt better than it had in five months, Mm -hmm. it's because you were starting to really connect with yourself and acknowledge yourself and give compassion to yourself. And so now it's just this next layer of truly not just expressing, but having the compassion and then the setting the boundaries.
1: Yeah. Do you have any advice on how to have those types of conversations with people? Give
0: me an example.
1: Um, My sister's also engaged and Mm -hmm. our plans are kind of bumping into each other. And I want to honor that I've been planning all of my things. And I had some dates in mind that are bumping into hers. And I want to be able to tell her that I really planned this date for this event. Mm -hmm. Can you please not? Mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. on the same day. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I always love sandwiching things. So what's your sisters? We'll call her Allie. Okay. So Allie, I'm so excited for you. I love that we're both getting married. It's such an exciting time and I really want to be present for you and for your events. And you mean so much to me and I'd love you to be present for mine. And I picked, you know, December 9th for my engagement party. I'm just making stuff up for my engagement party. And I know that you were considering a close by date And I'm wondering if there's, I would really mean a lot to me if we could spread our dates out a little bit, a little bit so that you could really be there to support me. And then I can really be there to support you. Could we do that? Okay. It, would, it would mean a lot to me. Yeah. And if she's like, oh, blah, blah, like, no, no, no. Say, I really hear you. And this is something that, that matters a lot. And it was some, it was a date that I decided on first and be strong and let her be upset. Okay. That's the biggest thing is like, this is the kind of the next level is why you haven't been able to be effective in boundary setting is because other people's upset upsets you too Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. So you'd rather just cave Mm -hmm. and not hold strong versus letting them be upset. And that'll be the next part in your healing, especially with your stomach, is other people's upset's not your responsibility.
1: Yeah. And I think I logically know that, but I don't emotionally know that. Well, here's how you start connecting to
0: it. And if I had longer with you, we would have spent longer Mm -hmm. in the empty chair process. Yeah, You've got to start connecting and talking to the younger parts of you because that's the younger parts of you that don't get it. This is why so many of us get stuck because the healthy, rational adult is like, I don't understand. Why can't I just change? Why? why I, I, I should know how to yes. set boundaries. Da, 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 da. But there's like a 13 year old in there who's like, no, if I upset people, I lose love. I lose my sense of worth. I lose my safety, my place in my family. No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. So it's the unconscious and the younger parts of ourself that have wired this behavior to survival and being loved and being accepted. So of course it's hard. Mm -hmm. So you've got to like reeducate that younger part of you. Sort of like we started to do when you started to tell her, like you don't have to earn your worth. You don't have to take care of other people. That's not what gives you value. You just need to keep that dialogue going. So you said you're a writer and you like journaling. um, An assignment I'd give you is start writing to her. Like write, you know, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about talking to your sister about the dates and let her respond, let the younger parts of you respond and start reprogramming, and reeducating those younger parts of you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: I've done that before, but not for a very long time. Yeah. Oh so.
0: yeah. Well, this is like, you know, this started at 13. This is many years of a programming being put in place mm-hmm. and you've got to stop giving up on yourself. Cause that again reinforces a pattern yeah. of I'm last. Yeah. And remember these things, it's progress. It's like over time things start to shift and things start to change, but you got great feedback here today. You, you said your stomach felt the best that it had in five months
1: because mm-hmm.
0: you started to really listen. Yeah. And you can do this empty chair exercise at home too. Yeah. Yeah. So just to wrap up back to your initial question, do you see how this kind of expectation your hangover, hangover you're having over people not responding the way you want is showing you a couple things. One, You've taught people how to treat you yeah. over the course of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't go to a Chinese restaurant when you want nachos. Yeah, <laughs> They're going to show up how you yeah. have taught them. So if you want them to show up differently, you've got to start making requests and asking for different things. Teach them how to treat you differently. Mm-hmm. The second thing is when you were sick and you started to get all that attention, you didn't like it. So there was a part of you that's not so comfortable with all the attention on you, even though again, healthy, rational adult knows it. So how you re-educate that younger part too is it's okay to have attention on you. Mm -hmm. You're safe. Like it's okay. You don't always have to be the one taking care of others. It's okay to receive. That's the other part. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, this is about you and your future husband. Yeah. How do you want to feel
1: during this engagement process? Really, really excited and really happy and like, so much love between Ryan and I, then just focus on that. Yeah.
0: Who cares what you're getting or not getting from anyone else? Yeah. Don't let that rob you of this time. Yeah. You can't get this time back. Yeah. So don't let your disappointment over how other people are showing up rob you of such a special time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So Caitlin's courage in this episode was absolutely amazing for someone to come and be so vulnerable and express, you know, privately here with me, but being willing to do it publicly with all of you was a huge step for her and also a huge step for that, that younger part of her that on some level was afraid of attention and thought she didn't deserve it. So I'm so, so glad that she was willing to come forward so courageously and so vulnerably. And I'm sure that her sharing really helped a lot of you because I'm sure you can resonate, especially a lot of you who swallow your feelings, who stuff your feelings, who sometimes put yourself last, who fall into that caretaker role. On a lot of the episodes, I talk about something that I call compensatory strategies, and I teach about it in Expectation Hangover, and I teach about it a lot in my personal mastery course. And compensatory strategies are these ways of being that we formulate very early on in life, and we formulate these ways of being after something happens where we decide, in order to be worthy or loved or validated or belong or feel safe, we need to compensate in some way. We need to overdo something. And in Caitlin's case, she became an over caretaker. She thought that's how she got her worthiness. That that's how she found her place in her family. That's how she got love. So being a caretaker almost was was almost like a survival skill, and it's. This is where I think a lot of people get very frustrated with personal growth. You work on this stuff and you have all this awareness and you know as a grown adult that being a caretaker and not having boundaries isn't healthy. However, if some part of you has it wired to survival, and since we aren't all fighting for our survival in terms of food and shelter and those kind of things, what we fight for in terms of our survival is a need to feel loved. I need to feel like we're worth something, and need to feel like we belong. Those are basically our survival needs these days. And when a pattern is tied to those, it's really hard to release. So of course, consciously she may know, I shouldn't be such a caretaker. That's not healthy for me. I should set boundaries. Unconsciously, there's a part of her that's like, but if I'm not a caretaker, who's going to love me? Where do I belong? Will I still fit in my family? Will I be worth anything? So there's this like unconscious part that's freaking out that's like, no, 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 we cannot stop caretaking because if we stop caretaking, then we lose our place in our family, we don't get love, and we're not worth anything. So that's why it's so important to understand how this programming gets instilled within us and to work with those younger parts. If I had a longer session with Caitlin, if she was a client or at a retreat, I would have worked even longer on that empty chair process, and I would have had her talk to that 13-year-old more. And I would have had her really have that 13-year-old talk about what beliefs she's formed and what else she was feeling. And then I would have grown-up Caitlin help her construct new beliefs about who she is in the family, about her worth, about why she matters, about how she doesn't have anything to prove. And that can be her work and her journaling that she continues to do with those younger parts of her. It's also so important in any kind of process that we forgive ourselves for any judgments that we make. So another part of Caitlin's work will be to forgive herself for buying into the misunderstanding that being a caretaker is the way to get love and being a caretaker is a way to get validation because she doesn't want to set that up in her future relationships. She doesn't want to fall into that role with her husband. She doesn't want to be that kind of mother if she wants children as well. Now, if she's constantly putting herself last and making herself her last priority, then she's going to continue to suppress her own needs, suppress her own emotions, continue getting sick and continue feeling like she doesn't matter. And I think it was clear that Caitlin's committed to her healing and committed to her growth. And, the other thing that we talked about and we worked on, and there was a lot in this session. I want like two more hours with her, was about the physical illness, which was the the colitis that she's dealing with, which is basically a disorder of the stomach and is upset stomach, and is a, is 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 definitely something that I think a lot of people suffer from. That's also tied to a lot of shame as well, and. From my point of view, one of the reasons that this is the particular thing her body is manifesting is because she tries to hold it together all the time. Like as a young girl, she never gave herself like a true release, like a true emotional release. So her body like is working so hard to hold all her emotions together that it can't physically hold itself together. And it almost needed another kind of release because she wasn't giving herself the emotional release she needs. And I really feel if she continues to let her emotions be seen, let herself be vulnerable, not just with her friends, but with herself, and has tremendous compassion for herself, doesn't go into victim, doesn't go into something's wrong with me, but really has compassion for those emotions and gives herself that freedom of expression, not just of her emotion, but of her boundaries as well. Because the other thing I mentioned to her is that this energy center, our third chakra, is very tied to personal empowerment. And if she's not, she doesn't have boundaries and she's letting other people suck her energy and she's not standing up for herself and she's not empowered, then of course there's going to be things that we, that happen in this area of the body as well, as well. So it's not just about emotional release. It's not just about emotional expression. It's also about empowerment and having her boundaries and asking for what she needs, getting her needs met and being okay with other people's upset and not taking it on. Because when she takes on other people's upset, then internally she's upset. So some takeaways for you. Remember, if you're dealing with any kind of expectation hangover right now, it's not just about that situation. Go back in time and ask yourself, what does this remind me of? And it's not necessarily the circumstances, right? Caitlin, I don't think has never been engaged before. So this isn't reminding her of another time where she, you know, was engaged or was a center of attention. And, you know, she, she wasn't getting people reacting the way she wanted. It's more about the feelings that the expectation of hangover is bringing up. So I asked her, like, how are you feeling about this? And she said, you know, I'm feeling a little down. I'm feeling a little sad, a little hurt, a little disappointed. Like sometimes I'm motivated, sometimes I'm not. And then we went back to when have you felt that way before? And we got back to a time where she was first diagnosed and the attention was on her. And part of her liked that attention, but part of her didn't. So when you're navigating through an expectation hangover, use that question, you know, what, am, what feelings am I feeling? When have I felt this way before? What does it remind me of? Second, you can do the empty chair process in your own home. You can do it with younger parts of yourself. You can do it with other people because we, we have all these different parts of ourselves, all these different ages, all these different memories. And another reason I think Caitlin was frustrated with all the work she had done, but feeling like she wasn't making as much progress as she wanted to is because she's doing it all in her head. And the empty chair process is a great way to get out of our head. To get off of our journal and to actually talk something out. It's like the difference between having a conversation with someone in your head and just imagining it and trying to like figure something out versus actually having the person in front of you and being able to have a conversation, which do you think is more effective? Actually being able to have a conversation with another person. The other takeaway would be release writing. You know, just that I give this tool a lot, just that freeform writing of just letting things go and also If the empty chair process isn't working for you or you want a different angle, you can also do journaling with the younger parts of yourself. And finally, boundary setting. Make requests of people. Speak your needs and let them be upset. When someone's upset and they're saying to you, I don't like this, this isn't, whatever they're saying, you can say, I hear you. Really understand. And this is my request and this is important to me. And you stand firm in your boundaries and you let other people have their upset. All right, everybody. That's our coaching episode for today. As always, you can catch more video coaching episodes on this channel, or you can go to over it and on with it on iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen to and listen to hundreds and hundreds of live life coaching episodes. Until next time, much love and many blessings. Hey, everybody. Before I sign off, if you like this show, then join Heather and Terry Dubrow on their show, Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig, each Tuesday on Podcast One. They talk all things health, wellness, and beauty from a clinical science effectiveness to consumer practicality. It's a blast. You don't want to miss a second of it. Check out Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Also remember to rate and review. And since it's summer of Love in honor of the bachelorette finale this week, you also may want to check out off the vine with Caitlin Brisdow and the Amber Rose show exclusively on podcast one. Thank you for listening to over at non with it. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.